From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Round two, we've got Richard C. Cook coming up to discuss his latest uh, amazing book, Our Country Then and Now from Clarity Press. I'm a big fan of Clarity. I've interviewed a number of their authors as well over the years. What's going on in the world? I did. I saw this uh, video yesterday uh, from Elon Musk uh, or, or, or is it Tesla. It's about Optimus, this humanoid robot that they are uh, creating this this prototype. It is absolutely insane. Uh, it says now it's thirty percent faster, twenty two pounds lighter. Uh, and yeah, I did see a comment on the socials by uh, someone talking about. Isn't it interesting how all of a sudden now, out of the woodwork, we're getting humanoid humanoid robots and chat gbt ais and all of it it's almost as if they've had this stuff sitting on the shelf you know shelf uh darpa and the military industrial complex for a while and they've determined now it's it's go time uh now to deploy all of this so people can go find that at elon musk's x account uh skynet is becoming self-aware John Bolton has published an op-ed today titled Biden's weakness is bringing war to South America. Is war about to erupt in South America? Last week, Maduro took provocative steps toward forcibly annexing his neighbor, uh, Esequibo, a region comprising almost three quarters of neighboring Guyana. Experts promptly downplayed the possibility of hostilities, but they may have spoken to soon i've been sort of highlighting this trend and it's interesting now that john bolton is throwing his two cents in uh, but it, it it is fascinating how you know bolton is unhappy when others warmonger but when he warmongers that's okay you know he's like let's bomb iran is not okay of course i don't think we should be bombing iran i don't think maduro should be annexing guyana but you know i'm just trying to point out the American exceptionalism here, the the hypocrisy we've got in Germany. Uh, Germany may declare emergency over Ukraine, says Schultz. Germany may have to declare an emergency at home in order to provide additional additional assistance to Kiev next year if the situation gets any worse. Of course, right? The opposition has branded his plan financial trickery and vowed to never let it happen his coalition government has just reached a deal on its budget following weeks of tense negotiations no one's got any money u.s warship responds as houthi speedboat terrorizes several commercial vessels in the red sea so more activity more war non-stop whether it's the middle east south america the Indo-Pacific, uh, was it the other day, Chinese vessels spraying a Philippine vessel with water. That was um, quite a sight to behold. Uh, also, Ukraine was never going to win, says U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville has also dismissed the notion that Russia could invade EU states as just a selling point. Ukraine always faced the prospect of losing, 
the conflict with Russia in the event that Washington cut off its aid, said the Republican senator. So a lot of um, Captain Obvious uh, remarks now being stated. Uh, the final cop out 28 deal, cop 28 deal refer references transi transition away from fossil fuels. It ends with the historic compromise text marking the first global call for transitioning away from fossil fuels, or as I like to call them, hydrocarbons, and toward neo feudalism. I added that last bit there. The UAE celebrates the agreement as a groundbreaking deal to reduce emissions. What else is happening china's xi jinping vi uh, visits vietnam weeks after it strengthened ties with the us and japan xi jinping uh, arrived in vietnam seeking to deepen ties uh there and i think he is making progress uh rand analyst who uh, i follow derek grossman can't find his statement now, but he he said uh, he says right here, Vietnam elevates comprehensive strategic cooperative partnership with China to one that now seeks to promote a community with a shared future of strategic significance, quote, uh, or in parentheses, com uh, common destiny. Xi Jinping's visit is a coup because Hanoi had resisted adding this phrase. That is interesting. Also, South uh, South China Morning Post reports Taiwanese pilot planned to defect to mainland China with U.S.-made Army helicopter, said a court. Island Army officer agreed to a Chinese offer to fly a CH-47 Chinook onto a PLA aircraft carrier. Pilot was arrested for spying following a $15 million bribe to steal the helicopter. Uh, World Net Daily <clears throat> reports young Americans lead population in prepping for disaster. Four in ten have spent money on emergency readiness in last year. That is a very good idea. Also, in the dark web, it was reported that uh, allegedly here in Mexico, uh, unauthorized access to Mexican police system is on sale. Threat actor claims to have access to biometric data, photos of police officers and criminals. Uh, calls, confidential data, phone numbers, and more. That is definitely interesting. All right, a reminder uh, that at TNT, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We're broadcasting live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies, we need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Ukraine's largest telecommunications operator, GiveStar, says it has been hit by a powerful cyber attack that has disrupted phone and internet services for millions of people across the country. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. 
Thanks, Rory. Let the cyber polygon begin. Uh, that's right. On Wednesday, Ukraine entered the second day of limited communications after its biggest mobile phone and internet provider was hit by a huge, we're talking huge, cyber attack. Apparently uh, the biggest one uh, from what I can gather. Uh, at least that's according to Ukrainian officials and the internet provider, Kyivstar. Kyivstar. Okay, so... Um, let me introduce you folks to a group called NetBlocks. Uh, it's an independent and nonpartisan group uh, who, according to them, uh, is a global internet monitor working at the intersection of digital rights, cybersecurity, and internet governance. Doesn't that sound juicy? Well, regardless, in a series of posts on X, NetBlocks said, quote, the cyber attack on Ukraine's Kyiv Star telecoms operator has impacted all regions of the country with high impact to the capital, metrics show, with knock-on impacts reported to air raid alert network and banking sector as work continues to restore connectivity, end quote. That's right. You heard correct, folks. This interrupted their ability to uh, alert folks about incoming missile attacks, as well as access the money in their banks. We Keith Star, which is owned by Dutch domiciled multinational telecommunication services company Vion, serves nearly 25 million mobile subscribers and more than one million home Internet customers. The company said the attack was a quote-unquote result of the war with Russia and that it has notified law enforcement and special state services. While Keith Starr is working to restore the services, the Internet Watchdog noted that the telco is largely offline. That said, Keith Starr has yet to provide details about the nature of the attacks and what caused the shutdown. There is no evidence that the personal data of subscribers has been compromised in the incident. In an updated post uh, on Facebook, Keith Star said, quote, after stabilizing the network, all subscribers and corporate clients who, as a result of a hacking attack, could not use the services of the company will definitely receive compensation, end quote. Isn't that reassuring? It's also urging users to be on the lookout for scams, aiming to trick users into sharing their personal details, and that, quote, news about compensation and the timing of the network restoration will come exclusively from the company's official pages, end quote. The pro-Russia hacktivist group Killnet claimed responsibility for the attack on Telegram, but did not offer any additional evidence to back its claims. Killnet is coming off of a few chaotic weeks of its own after the Russian-based Gazeta.ru uh, unmasked the real-world identity of its leader, who goes by the online alias Killmilk, as one Nikolai Serafimov, a 30-year-old Russian citizen. Kill Milk has since announced his retirement, appointing uh, in his place a new head named Deannon Club, who has claimed that, quote, there will be a large scale recruitment for the Killnet team on all fronts, end quote, with the goal of striking government financial facilities, encryption firms and the gambling sector. The development also comes as the Defense Intelligence of Ukraine, the GUR, revealed that it hacked into Russia's federal taxation services, the FNS servers, and wiped all its data. Office.ed.it.ru, uh, a Russian IT company that served as a database for the FNS, was also reportedly affected by the uh, attack. 
the agency said, quote, during the special operation, military intelligence officers managed to infiltrate one of the well-protected key central servers of the Federal Tax Service, FTS, and then more uh, than 2,300 of its regional servers throughout Russia, as well as on the territory of the temporarily occupied Crimea, end quote. Last month, GUR announced that it was behind a cyber assault against the uh Russian government's Federal Air Transport Agency, FATA, which is also known as Rasa Vyasya. The attack allowed it to access, quote, a large volume of confidential documents, end quote, including a list of daily reports spanning more than a year and a half, it said. So, wow, here we go, Harvori. The cyber wars have begun. Sit down. Uh, I mean, put on your seatbelt. I don't know. Strap in. Uh, this is crazy. What do you think? I mean, you're, you were beginning now to see them build the narrative, uh, right? Uh, it's it's the GRU, it's the Russians, it's the Chinese, it's the Iranians, uh, Venezuelans, it's the axis of evil coming to get us, uh, the good guys, right? It was Putin. Uh, hey, maybe it was Elon Musk, but uh, you know what's happening now in Ukraine? The movie that just dropped on Netflix with uh, Jessica Roberts. Um, talking about cyber attacks i mean is, isn't that interesting and then you know there's this, also this story dropped today from sky news the uk could be brought to a halt at any moment by cyber attack report warns the joint committee on the national security strategy says that large swaths of critical infrastructure are vulnerable to ransomware uh, attacks so isn't that interesting ukraine uk uh, I'm I, I'm seeing also similar reports for the U.S. Uh, it just seems like they're building this narrative. They're preparing us for something. And you know, going into 2024, uh, I will be trying to work on creating redundancies. You know, everyone's got cell phones, uh, landlines. It'd be nice to have satellite phones. Those are expensive. The the, the monthly subscription fee, but you know, at least. I'm thinking if I could buy the the hardware and if I need to um, activate the subscription, but you know, even if the cell phones go down uh, and internet, you can still call loved ones using satellite phones. You know, having backup power, solar. Um, I've got a Starlink for my backup internet um, and so forth. You know, any further thoughts uh, on on this, Ruckus? Hmm. Now you got me thinking. It's Ukraine, UK. USA. It's not looking good for any country that starts with the letter U now, is it? Um, of course, it's not looking good for you or me in general uh, all around here. It is interesting, the timing, because you know what just wrapped up and it's all done with, right, is the COP28. So everybody's kind of flying home. We beat that that horse enough. So now we're going to move on to the, the cyber warfare doom porn. Uh, that's my uh, prediction. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll see simultaneously they're going to be pushing. Uh, we need, again, digital ID, you know, these uh, uh, authentications. Um, and I can't recall now, but, you know, more stuff like that. And it'll be related to CBDC as, uh, as well, because you need the digital ID to make the CBDC really work. Uh, and then, you know, digital ID for access to the Internet to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. Just more controls um and and things of that nature so definitely people should be preparing um and this 
this will disrupt uh you know i'm there in ukraine it said that it's uh limited communications uh for ukrainians and that that can very much disrupt life so people should take heed all right ruckus we'll catch up with you tomorrow we got richard c cook uh coming on we'll be right back TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church.
top of the hour? We'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, joining us is Richard C. Cook, retired U.S. federal analyst who served with the Carter White House, NASA, and the U.S. Treasury as a whistleblower at the time of the Challenger disaster. He broke the story of the flawed O-ring joints that destroyed the shuttle after serving at treasury he exposed the disastrous flaws of a monetary system controlled by private finance in his book we hold these truths the hope of monetary reform and as an advisor to the american monetary institute while working with congressman dennis kucinich he advocated the abolishment of the federal reserve system and we'll be discussing his uh, fantastic uh latest book our country then and now from clarity Press, welcome to TNT, Richard. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. I, I follow your stuff for uh, a while. And by the way, reading your book, I, I'm curious. You, you seem to have a really good uh, knowledge of your own family history and, and ancestry. Did that take a lot of research to put together? Actually, we have a family archivist. Uh, his name is Johnny Lathrop. Oh, he's from Texas. And he's been researching and documenting our family history for uh, quite some years. So Johnny was able to work with me, provide me with all kinds of documentation, family stories, uh, family trees. And so with Johnny's help, yeah, I was able to put together a pretty interesting and longstanding story. I'm going to have to do something of the sort. And and what brought you to sort of, um, you know, a pen, uh, such a broad uh take on, on the history of uh, America and the American empire? Well, I've studied history my whole life. Uh, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, which of course is, is steeped in history. My mother was a historian for Colonial Williamsburg, and uh, I learned it at an early age. And I also taught history uh, at the secondary school level. Uh, then I went and worked for the federal government for 32 years. And that, that's kind of a living history. Uh, particularly seeing uh, events unfold when I was in the Carter White House, uh, when I was at NASA, when I was at the U.S. Treasury Department. So I made a decision uh, three or four years ago that I was going to try uh, to put in writing everything I felt I had learned about the history of America, particularly because of the terrible situation that we're in right now, uh, where our whole country seems to be uh, falling to pieces. I felt I owed it to myself, to my uh, children, uh, you know, to the people I'd worked for as a public servant for so many years to try to put that all down in writing. But uh, in order to bring it to life, uh, having met and worked with uh, my cousin Johnny, I thought I could use my family history, uh, including some of my Native American roots, uh, to kind of bring the narrative to life through the uh, living history of, of real people. And then when I got into the mid 20th century and I was talking about my own history, uh, it all seemed to fall together uh, in a narrative that I could make a coherent uh, living history of, of, of 400 years of uh, uh, since, since my first ancestor set foot in the new world. That was in 1638 in Massachusetts. And so I just kind of wanted to trace it from there. 
I, I'm glad you did that because, you know, it does make the book more captivating. You, you know, in sections you talk about um, fascinating Illinois history. I'm originally from uh, Illinois. And then, you know, okay. I, I found myself um, you just nodding along as I'm reading your okay. your book. You know, many markers. You mentioned William Engdahl, who I'm a big fan of. I've interviewed over a half dozen times over the years. And so okay. I just find myself nodding along as I'm reading your book. Uh, and, you know, we can't, obviously, it's a long book, highly recommend it. Uh, people can get it in digital or, or physical uh, form. Uh, but, you know, w early on, one of the things you say is that for a meaningful, meaningful discussion of U.S. history, we must consider money and that the U.S. has been in, in an inflationary crisis since the 1970s for a half century. And this translates yeah. to an ongoing devaluation of the U.S. dollar and progressive right. impoverishment of the working population, which it seems right now it's really starting to get bad, where the middle class is rapidly eroding. So, you know, any, any thoughts on the economic aspect? Well, that's ex that's exactly right. And uh, having spent over 20 years at the U.S. Treasury Department, uh, where at a certain point I ended up actually teaching courses on U.S. monetary history, uh, I began to realize that this was kind of the hidden key to the narrative of American history that we may see acting out in the events of the age, but we don't see the kind of uh, mechanism behind it that's causing the wheels to turn. Uh, for, for example, uh, uh, when the Federal Reserve System was created in 1913. It was created by British and European bankers uh, with the uh, connivance and collusion of the U.S. Uh, Money Trust. And of course, the big name in the U.S. Money Trust was J.P. Morgan, uh, who owned U.S. Steel and uh, half of American industry just because he had the power of money. And about that same time, the Rockefeller family that had become incredibly rich through oil, standard oil, then bought into the banking system and became a co-partner with J.P. Morgan in running the financial system of the country. What we're not told is that the reason the European bankers, including the Rothschilds uh, from London, uh, set up the Federal Reserve because they knew they were gonna have a war. They knew they were gonna have a very big war. Uh, and the purpose of this war was going to be to take down Germany, because Germany by that time had become the leading commercial rival to Great Britain. Uh, but they knew uh, that if they went into war against Germany, Britain and their main ally, France, were going to run out of money and credit within two years. So what did they do? They decided they were going to tap into the industrial might and the ability to create credit of the United States of America. But they couldn't do that with the system that they had in place. So uh, they created the Federal Reserve. That was the origin of the system. And ever since then, uh, the government has relied, not just of America, but of England, has relied on the Federal Reserve to create these incredible amounts of credit, increasingly backed by nothing, uh, in order to finance wars to the point where today that is what the economy is. It's a permanent war economy based upon borrowing and credit. And the countries that are buying our credit, China, Japan, and so on, have stopped. And so the whole system uh, is in the process of collapse.
That's absolutely a fascinating insight how, you know, a lot of people talk about talk about reasons for the, the creation of the Federal Reserve. But what, what you just mentioned, you know, that's true. They need the central banks to 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 make war. Uh, um, and uh, again, I highly recommend the book. We're going to jump real quick to the headlines. We'll be right back. Now, TNT Radio News. It's hot tea. It's very hot. It's hot news. So hot. Yeah, it's hot news. Hot news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear an appeal by Joseph Wayne Fisher, a defendant involved in the January 6 cases, challenging the Department of Justice's application of an evidence tampering law to prosecute numerous defendants for obstruction of Congress. The Israeli embassy in the UK has expressed strong disapproval toward an advertising firm, London Lights, for withdrawing from a digital campaign aimed at highlighting the plight of individuals kidnapped by Hamas and held hostage in Gaza. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with Richard C. Cook. Uh, you can check out the book, Our Country, Then and Now, from Clarity Press. Of course, you can buy it uh, wherever books are sold, but I like to support the publishers and buy from Clarity uh, Direct. And it, it's interesting, you you know, uh, you mentioned that cryptocurrency like Bitcoin is a kind of script, uh, but that it's an inferior form of money because it's not legal tender and cannot be used to pay taxes uh, and that it can be attacked at will by the government, which I think we're seeing now. But you know, thoughts on that, as well as where we are when it comes to the financial system, you know, whether the dollar just, you know, people talk about de-dollarization, uh, the hyperinflation of the dollar. Uh, where do you see us at when it comes to the economy and the financial system? Well, the financial system is tremendously uh, extended in terms of debt. Uh, we see, for example, uh, because of inflation, people can't pay their uh, bills. And so uh, they're running up a tremendous amount of credit card debt. Uh, the, the total credit card debt in the United States just went over $1 trillion uh, for the very first time. Uh, we see people who have savings accounts, you know, 401ks and so on, uh, cashing in on these even before they retire. Uh, on an emergency basis because they simply do not have enough money uh, to buy what they need to live. Then when the Federal Reserve began to raise interest rates, and we got to realize the reason they raised interest rates was not to fight inflation, but to attract foreign investors uh, and to get them uh, to buy uh, uh, securities particularly treasury securities, uh, in order to keep the government afloat. All this has put so much pressure uh, on the individual wage earner, the individual consumer, that the, uh, the economy is today unsustainable. And something has to give, particularly when we see the situation that I mentioned earlier with uh, China and the other uh, creditors to the U.S. government not buying uh, treasury debt anymore. Uh, it, it's going. Uh, it's going to hit the wall, and there simply has to be some kind of a collapse uh, of the value of the currency if people aren't going to be able to sustain their uh, the needs of daily life. 
And 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 in your book, I mean, there are so many things you 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 talk about how the Mexican War was a big step toward what both Hamilton and Jefferson foresaw and desired in American Empire. You talk about um, the Jes the Jesuits, um, you know, the the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, um, the British, and uh, you know, just what what you mentioned there. I'm curious. People talk a lot about multipolarity uh, today. Uh, BRICS. Do you think as a result of us? coming to this crash that they might that they the powers that be need another war that you think they'll want to uh, start another war well that's the big question uh when they went into uh ukraine uh in 2014 the plan there was not to have a, a big war involving the united states the plan there was to crash uh the russian economy uh, and then to do essentially what they had done in the 1990s, uh, but uh, that is to go in and buy up all of the Russian assets and the Russian energy sources, and that's what they were going to do through the Ukraine war. Well, obviously that has failed, uh, and so once again, the United States and Europe has its back against the wall and can no longer uh, afford uh, to support the war in Ukraine that the Ukrainian government has been fighting. So it didn't work. Uh, the danger is that the crazy people, and I call the crazy people the neocons by and large, who've been gradually taken over the U.S. foreign policy for decades, will do something truly crazy. And uh, it's been likened to knocking over the chessboard or uh, uh, in order to escape from debt uh, by, by going into a major conflict. Uh, the dangers multiplied, of course, when we speak of China and, and the threats that they uh, have raised to uh, uh, go to war against China. So there's no reason to have a major war. It makes no sense to have a major war. But uh, people have done crazier things in the past when they feel like they're backed into a corner and they have no choice. Uh, what should happen is that the federal government should declare bankruptcy. And it should declare what, what you might call Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which uh, doesn't mean you sell off everything you own. It means you restructure your whole debt and your whole economy. And the vehicle for doing that uh, is what uh, we were developing with the American Monetary Institute, and that is to abolish the Federal Reserve System and the Fed uh, take it out of the hands of the private bankers who just run up more debt uh, piled on uh, the debt they already have. You know, they just roll it over uh, and, and create new debt. We got to cancel the debts. Uh, we've got to pay off what we owe and start from scratch. And the way to do that is through a government-owned banking system out of the Treasury Department. Uh, the same way that Lincoln did during the Civil War when he directly issued greenbacks. And there's a whole movement in this country for what they call direct payment, where the government, instead of running up debt, will simply create the money they need to pay their debt, to pay their expenses. Uh, the vehicle for this is called the NEED Act, N-E-E-D, that Dennis Kucinich introduced in Congress in 2011. And the appendix to my book has the section on the NEED Act and on some of the other contributors to the direct payment movement, including my own articles that I was writing early 
when my book on monetary policy came out, that's what we need to do. But it starts with the declaration of bankruptcy. We are a bankrupt nation. Yeah, I, li- I like the work as well of Michael Hudson, who talks about a debt jubilee. And I, I think that's the way to go. Um, and right. and any, any, any thoughts on, uh, as well, what's now being discussed, making money digital i mean okay it, it already is digital but they're talking about a cashless system basically cbdc's uh and i'm i'm afraid of that because you know last year i had the department of homeland security ban me permanently from paypal uh, as it being a u.s citizen for doing for, for talking to people like like yourself yeah, um yeah. and there's this danger now that if we go in that direction uh if you commit a thought crime then the powers that can be can just shut off your ability to to buy food and support yourself you know any thoughts on that well yeah that that uh, and michael hudson i know michael uh, i've been on a program or two with him and he does point out that money's been digital for decades in fact when i was at the u.s treasury department we created the digital system uh, for the federal government and if money is an electronic blip it obviously exposes it to all kinds of uh, criminal hacking and out of control inflation and all kinds of other issues. But for a government agency, an administrative agency to be able to cut someone off uh, from their uh, financial resources without due process through a court of law where you're judged by your peers based on law passed by a legislature, that, that is totalitarian tyranny. And we crossed that red line. Canada crossed that red line with the truckers uh, uh, demonstrations. Uh, the U.S. government has crossed that red line with instances such as you described, uh, an administrative cutoff from resources uh, that people own and have a right to. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola, who's been cut off from uh, uh, by J.P. Morgan Chase because they don't like his politics. And so his whole business is at jeopardy uh, overnight. Yeah, it's it's tyranny. It's totalitarian tyranny. It's fascism. It's unconstitutional. And we need a government administration that will put an end to that permanently. I, I'm still amazed like that we've gotten to this point. You know, I, I'm a former as well, a history major, political science. I, I taught uh, as well, like yourself, I taught secondary uh and and uh undergrad uh, history economics and, and 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 politics and for 20 years i've been sort of waiting for us to approach this point and we're here and i can't believe you know i even got in the crossfire and it's 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 absolutely insane um but i, I did also want to bring up in your in your book you talk about the british empire um, you say that the significant role of Britain in, in any account of U.S. history is unavoidable from the founding of the country right up to the present day. You talk about Cecil Rhodes. Uh, you mentioned okay. Carol Quigley. Uh, and, and it seems like, you know, Cecil Rhodes's goal has basically been a world empire, world government. And then, you know, we today we have this talk of globalism and tr- they're trying to put us under international organizations like the WHO, which would be able to dictate, um, you know, and, and any thoughts on wh- where the power of, you know, how powerful is today the city of London uh, and this push towards world empire? Well, that's that's what the danger is, and, and that's what we're heading toward. And that's what the whole uh, COVID pandemic was about. 
Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners have read uh, Robert Kennedy's uh, book on uh, uh, Anthony Fauci, where he documents very effectively the background to the COVID pandemic, where uh, uh, over a whole series of uh, meetings that were held, uh, all of which involved the U.S. military as part of the organizational structure that was going to enforce the lockdowns. And then we had the lockdowns. Uh, we saw the disastrous results of them. And my, my wife's a school teacher, and, and uh, it's been devastating to kids and families to have missed those two years of, uh, of classroom learning when it was completely unnecessary and had nothing to do with the medical science involved with this uh, illness uh, of COVID, which, of course, COVID itself was created in a lab somewhere and released uh, to, to the public. But now, as, as your listeners, I'm sure, are aware, the World Health Organization, uh, which is primarily financed by uh, big financiers like Bill Gates, who's got ownership stakes in all the big pharmaceutical companies, has now put together this proposal for a world tyranny where uh, the World Health Organization, based on science that nobody knows anything about, but but their insiders can shut down all of the societies of the of, of the world. Uh, now, uh, you, you brought up BRICS. I don't think the BRICS nations are going to sign on to the World Health Organization. So uh, we may have the very a strange uh, uh, spectacle of the Western world being shut down over a phony pandemic while BRICS go sailing merrily on into the next phase of human evolution and leaving the uh, Western world behind. And that, honestly, is what seems to be happening. I hope so. That would be some you know, positive news where only part of the world falls under uh, tyranny. And I, I do have right behind me that book, uh, Kennedy's uh, book on, on Fauci. Uh, and right. if people can see, there's my ID. I was actually at the, that's from 2009, my ID card. Uh, I was at the World Health Assembly during the, what I would consider the fake swine flu uh, pandemic as well. Um, right. We're going to have to jump to our break. Uh, Richard, again, the book, Our Country, Then and Now from Clarity Press. You can get it as an ebook or um, uh, in its uh, physical form, we'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. That's our Fourth Amendment. Thank heavens and the founders that we have it. Why? Well, let's look at Ireland. They're trying to ram through a bill before Christmas that would authorize the Guardi to enter a house and seize any electronic devices they found if the government somehow found something objectionable, whether liking the wrong post on social media, making the wrong comment, or visiting the wrong website. That is the very definition of tyranny, and it's why we fought a war to throw it off. Hopefully, the Irish will figure out the importance of banning government intrusion like this before it's too late for them. 
And hopefully we in the United States never lose sight of how important it is to keep the government at bay. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them, or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly, or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm. Or look for new pasteurized eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Time is flying. It's our final segment here with Richard C. Cook, and we're discussing his uh, latest book just uh, published not long ago, Our Country, Then and Now. I highly recommend it. I've got a copy. I'm about halfway through reading uh, the book. Um, Any thoughts, Richard, on, you know, the deep state you talk about the national security states um uh it's it's gotten out of uh control you know we we just passed was it the 60th anniversary of how they took out john f kennedy and 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 you know rfk and mlk and malcolm x probably john lennon um they've uh, virtually assassinated you know um trump uh, you know, any thoughts on their power? Is or is it? You, you feel it's it's increasing? Or has it peaked? Well, it's got a long history, doesn't it? Uh, the United States did not really have uh, very much of a deep state uh, up until World War II. Uh, we, of course, we had an FBI that was uh, uh, pretty scary at times. You know, during the Red Scare, during uh, World War One, and so on and so forth. But it was really uh, when the United States became deeply involved with Great Britain during World War II that uh, the British talked uh, Eisenhower and Roosevelt into establishing a secret service. And uh, the, there was a big uh, uh, push under Nelson Rockefeller in Latin America to create a secret uh, police down there uh, in conjunction with the Rockefeller banking empire that not much is heard about. But uh, Rockefeller's lead uh, uh, assistant, as it were, was a banker named John J. McCloy. And McCloy became uh, the assistant uh, secretary of the army uh, for uh, Roosevelt in World War II. Then when Roosevelt died and Harry Truman became president, Uh, Truman didn't have any idea what was going on, Uh, and they presented him with this plan to create a new uh, intelligence service, uh, which became the CIA, but it was Rockefeller's man, John J. McCloy, who uh, went to Truman and said, no, we we need a secret police, a secret intelligence service in this country. You don't know how bad things are going to get. And so Truman, in his ignorance, signed the, the order for that, and that's how the CIA was born. Now, fast forward, and uh, John J. McCloy, the same uh, uh, kind of hidden figure, uh, became the head of Rockefeller's uh, uh, Council on Foreign Relations, and lo and behold, he was on the Warren Commission to investigate the assassination of Kennedy. So you see people like this. 
another operative, of course, is Kissinger. These these mysterious figures who work behind the scenes and and appear to have more authority, more power than the presidents they serve. You go to the Carter administration and you have uh, Brzezinski uh, deciding pretty much on his own that we were going to have the Mujahideen fighting against Russia now uh, in Afghanistan or against the Soviet Union. And so that began a whole long history of, of uh, secret operations behind the scenes. Uh, and it just continues to grow and grow into snowball. Uh, same thing happened with Reagan. Uh, Reagan was, uh, uh, was very close to events at that time because of the Challenger disaster. But Reagan was called by one of his advisors an amiable dunce because uh, he couldn't even stay awake in meetings. And yet behind Reagan, you had Iran-Contra. Uh, you had the growth of the uh, Star Wars uh, weapons and space program. All of these things were done not by elected officials, uh, not even within the uh, purview of the president, but by secret forces. And gradually it grew and it grew and it grew. And it became what today we have the neocons. And so when you look at Biden... Biden's a joke. Uh, and yet behind Biden, you've got Antony Blinken. You've got uh, Victoria Nuland. You've got uh, uh, a whole cast of characters outside public view, outside public control, uh, who tell everybody else what to do because they're the ones who are making the plans and they're the ones who are making the decisions. That's the deep state. When Reagan was elected, uh, unexpectedly in 1916 or 2016, the deep state immediately went into action uh, to to take down uh, uh, Trump. I mean, I meant Trump. Uh, and I do say in my book that what was launched against Trump was a slow motion assassination. And it's going on right now. We and 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 now they're saying they're even almost talking openly about assassination against Trump. Who? The deep state. Uh, there was a piece, I think, from Business Insider just a day or two ago, uh, and it's the title was, What Happens If Donald Trump uh, Passes Away? It's, it's like, what a strange article, you know, to talk about mm -hmm. what happens if Trump dies while he's running as a candidate or, or if he wins. It's almost kind of like between the lines, you know, uh, what, what, what you mentioned. Um, any thought then what next year might look like do you think th this regime that you just outlined newland blinken biden might remain in power uh trump might come back there might be a civil war or some other catastrophe any any thoughts well that this would be a good question for a multiple choice exam wouldn't it without anybody knowing what the answer is we don't know what the answer is uh, i've been fairly close to the uh robert f kennedy jr campaign uh, I wrote an article for him on financial reform uh, and, you know, my end the Fed uh, uh, hobby, which was very well received within the Kennedy campaign and by the people who read his, his daily news feed. Uh, I also comment regularly on it. and uh, I, I've taken him to task a little bit because of his silence on the war in Gaza. Uh, but... Uh, Kennedy has gotten some real momentum, and Kennedy 
at one time anyway, I don't know about now, he's fairly close to Dennis Kucinich, of course, who who's the congressman I worked with on monetary reform. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens to the Kennedy campaign because he has a lot of very smart people working with him and he is truly a reform candidate. Of course, there's that big issue that Biden refuses to give a Kennedy Secret Service protection. So you just got to kind of scratch your head and wonder what is going on there. But it's something that Kennedy has frequently mentioned and uh, they realize uh, the dangers uh, inherent in his even becoming a public figure. But right now, uh, uh, Kennedy is clearly uh, the alternative uh, to either, uh, certainly to Biden, and probably to Trump, because uh, I, I'm not a Trump hater, but I certainly do question whether Trump has the understanding and the knowledge to really deal with all of these massive issues uh, that faces. I mean, he was pretty much a captive at times of the deep state himself with Pompeo uh, and with the whole COVID fiasco. Uh, Trump, and I write this in my book, often seemed to be a have that deer in the headlights look. And uh, to some extent, he's, he still seems to. I mean, he's he, he, he's very, very weak on issues. Uh, Kennedy himself is very strong on issues. I mean, he can talk economics and uh, a lot and, and medicine and a lot of things because he understands it. He's got a history and he's got a, a lineage of real expertise. I mean, John F. Kennedy was a real economist. He, he was a true uh, uh, New Deal economist. And uh, he and Bobby Kennedy understood these things, and so did their offspring, R.F. Kennedy Jr. I, I don't know if he is the answer, but he certainly is the only true alternative that I see right now. He's been the absolute most outspoken against the deep state. And, and unlike any candidate, you know, when, when he's coming out saying COVID was a CIA Pentagon operation, uh, they whacked mm -hmm. my dad and my uncle. And um, yeah. you can't get any more hardcore than that. It's uh, we are two minutes to midnight, uh, Richard. Uh, again, we're just scratching the surface of your book. But, you know, any other uh, th thought, uh, key theme um, that you want to throw out there that, that you think is important? Well, people, people that I talk to and, and who even read my book, uh, they, they range from kind of saying, yeah, I understand this stuff. I know what you're saying to, what are you talking about? I've never heard of any of this before. Uh, it's so important that people get informed. Uh, and with the internet today, it's kind of a golden age for internet information. Yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff out there. But there's also a lot of gold, uh, but you got to dig for it. And you've got to take the trouble to read, to talk to people. Because it's very, very important that uh, people like, like myself, my family, people you know, get informed about these things and realize, yeah, there are alternatives. There are things that we can do. But it all starts, as Benjamin Franklin knew, uh, with an informed citizenry. Uh, and we owe it to ourselves, to our families, to our posterity to get informed, to see what's going on, to understand the issues, 
to ask questions and to make our voices known. So what you're doing is great. What uh, other people are doing to uh, publicize these issues is so important. So let's all keep up the good work. We, we are out of time. Thank you so much for uh, coming on Richard C. Cook, the book, Our our Country Then and Now from Clarity Press. Um, you know, keep up the great writing and, and uh, great work, Richard. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're really happy to be here. All right. I'm signing off. Steve Malzberg is up next. Don't touch that dial. Be seeing you.